Hi, I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this is The The Main Main Scoop. Welcome back to The Main Scoop. This is episode 12. Today we have our friend Ashley Lottie here with us. Hello. Welcome. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley? Well, my name's Ashley. I am a physical therapy grad student at the College of St. Scholastica. I did go to UMD for my undergrad. Um, and I, so I've been hanging out around the Newman Center for a while now. I've been up here in Duluth and I help with music ministry there. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit about me. So you did four years at UMD or just three? Or I did two years at UMD. Two years at UMD. Wow. You were, you were quick through your undergrad. Yeah. And then I did, I did another year at St. Classica and then now I'm in my second year of the grad program. Mm-hmm. So the Lord will take you on a long and winding road <laughs> <Yeah>. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> And this is your first year being in charge of music ministry, yeah. Yes, so that's a little bit of a change from going from just being a player to having to coordinate all that and all the extra that goes on in the background. But it's actually kind of awesome. Just I basically get to work with 20 of my best friends, so (laughs) I feel pretty lucky a lot of the time. Gained a lot of respect for what Justin was doing before. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, well, and, and at least now we're having masses at the cathedral, so it's not as crazy of, of like, having to set up and tear down a ballroom every single yeah. Sunday. It's so much easier. It's so nice. So we should just get a church, honestly. We should yeah. just, we just should, build a church. We should just get a church. Yes, so you, what kind of got you interested in physical therapy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, it was my love for, I'm going to say, like, T.O.B., which sounds kind of weird because a lot of people think of, like, the sexuality aspect of TOB, Hmm. but there's also just um, the intrinsic dignity of the human body Mm -hmm. and how much dignity we all have as a people just because we're created in God's image and likeness. And sometimes when people can't move their bodies the way they would like to, they sometimes lose that purpose, lose, feel like they lose that dignity. Um, And as a physical therapist, if I can help, you know, one person like regain that movement, regain that purpose in their life, like get to play with their grandchildren a few more years, um, I would just be honored to be a part of that. Um, and hopefully the Lord can work through that as well yeah. in my life. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was not expecting that answer when I asked that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was expecting like, uh, oh, I was in sports and then I got injured and I had this awesome physical therapist or, you know, something like that. But that's just like, that's a really good way of like, it's not yeah. your typical, and it's it's cool. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, my classmates tried to talk to me about sports, and I, I'm not going to lie, I don't know much about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so what do you have for us today, Ashley? So today we're going to be diving into Matthew 10, and I specifically picked out the 26 through 33, um, but honestly, everything around it is really great, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um the section is called Courage Under Persecution. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it in here, it starts off just by saying, therefore, do not be afraid of them. Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And I think just in my own life and in all of our lives, we've found times where it might be kind of hard to share our faith. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times what I think about when I read this, because I think there can be a fear of like, 
when you live in, like, my classmates might not all be Catholic, or the people who I work with before music ministry <laughs> were not Catholic. And it's like, oh, it's actually might be a little scary to talk about these things, but just how important it really is. Yeah, to just, like, let it be known, to speak the truth fearlessly. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love the the context that this... Um, that Jesus encouraging his disciples, like the context that he's saying this because he's he's just commissioned the 12 and mm-hmm. then he just told them about, um, in verse 16, he says, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. Um, and mm-hmm. then he talks about like all of these different difficulties that they're going to be encountering. And I've been re- reading through Acts of the Apostles recently. I'm almost done. And in it, it was really cool because it's like describing a lot of the things that Jesus is saying, like in verse 17, he says, uh, they will hand you over to courts and scourge you in their synagogues and you will be led before governors and kings for my sake as a witness before them and the pagans. And I just read about Paul being scourged and uh, just looking at the headings of some of the stories that are coming up, uh, he's going to be before governors and kings. Um, And it's just like super cool how Jesus is preparing them for this difficulty. But now here he is saying, do not be afraid of them. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, when you brought this up, it kind of reminded me, last night at the Way of the Christian, this um, thing we're uh, doing at our Newman Center on Thursday nights uh, where we have someone give us a talk and uh, just kind of get to know, understand a little more about uh, our mission as disciples. Uh, Father Mike had brought up kind of the point of how it's like, how we feel discouraged to express our faith. Like, and he asked, like, asking us as questions, like, we were sitting in small groups, like, what are some of those things that, discourage you from going out and spreading your faith things like embarrassment to not feel, feel like you don't know enough to just being fe- fear of being like persecuted or just like ruining friendships and it just shows like this is like it's not just a that's not a present day thing like that like it literally like they're talking about it in the gospels here like how like the fear of like going out to reach to other people and stuff so yeah and what i really liked about that um that session was um, Father Mike had us write down what we would say to people if people gave us a complete green light of, you know, they just walked up to us and they were like, why are you Catholic and why should I become Catholic? Um, which, if people did that, it would be super convenient <laughs> because it would make our jobs way easier. Um, but, yeah, he told us, like, what would you say to them? He had us write it down for, like, two minutes and then we kind of shared it a little bit and then he asked yeah, how many of those things are completely offensive and would um, ruin friendships? Because a lot of the things that we had written down were stuff like um, you are infinitely loved mm-hmm. by a God who created you without need to create you. And he loves you so much that he died for you and he wants to enter into a deep relationship with you. And like, yeah, how much of what I just said even mm-hmm. there um, would offend someone, would make someone absolutely hate you, would make someone want to never see you again. Absolutely none of it. Yeah. yeah. And how a lot of that stuff is truly stemming from the relationship you have with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, if someone knows that you love them, if someone knows that you uh, trust them, that they can trust you, that you care for them, like, this idea that you're telling them that I love you, but, like, also there's this God out there who is real and loves you infinitely more than I do mm-hmm. is a great 
place to start. Yeah, exactly. And Father kind of brought up, like, how when you're talking about, like, God's love, it's, like, it's part of, like, ties into, like, our motto, or I guess you'd call it for the Newman Center, the three words, seen, known, and loved. Mm-hmm. How that's what we all desire is to be seen and known and loved by our, by others, by God himself, by everyone. That's something we all want in life. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember... Um, I think it was in her 1978 Nobel Peace Prize um, acceptance <laughs> speech. Okay. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> it was Mother Teresa. So, oh. like. Um, <laughs> Hold up <and> date. <laughs> I think it's 1978. Either I'm sounding really smart or really pretentious here. <laughs> um, but in that, in that acceptance speech, Mother Teresa was talking about how the deepest poverty isn't the poverty of people being hungry or thirsty or naked, but it's a po- it's a poverty of people not being seen, known, and loved. Um, and I'm pretty sure she even used those exact words mm. of being unknown, unloved, uncared for. Mm. Um, that is so important to us as um, Christians called to go out and spread the good news because there is a material poverty that is obviously very... Um, noticeable, but then there's that spiritual poverty that is not very noticeable, and how the spiritual poverty is much worse than the than the physical poverty because ultimately the physical poverty is going to pass, mm. um, but the spiritual poverty has eternal implications to it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean even bringing that right back to the scripture that we're reading today of like being seen and that like idea of poverty, it goes on to say are not two sparrows sold for a small coin. Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs on your head are counted. So do not be afraid, for you are worth more than many sparrows. Just this idea of, like, Mm. the father knows literally every hair on your head. Like, I don't know every hair on my head. (laughs) He knows me so much more than I know myself. And he sees me and he cares for me. And I don't know, I love, and one of the reasons I love this passage is, my current roommate, her name is Molly, and we will say this to each other as, like, a compliment of, like, you're worth more than many sparrows to me. <laughs> and so I think we should measure everybody by their value in sparrows from now on. <laughs> you're yes. worth at least four sparrows in my eyes. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty that's, – that's a lot. That's no. – <laughs> it's like a five-star, like, ranking thing, like, there four sparrows out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that – uh, verse 30, no, not, yeah, 30, not 31, 30, uh, even all the hairs on your head are counted. Mm. Um, it's one of those verses that for me is kind of like, that's really nice, but also just thinking about the future, I'm like, you know, cause I might be going bald someday <laughs> just based on Speak for my family tree. Yeah. You got it worse than I, I got do. got way worse than you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that verse is always like, oh, that's a nice sentiment, but also like, oh, I'm, yeah, not looking forward to those days. <laughs> I love Wearing that. a lot of hats, but yeah. saving a lot of money on shampoos. So we got that. Well, I remember oh a priest saying once that God knows all the hairs on your head, and if you're bald, he knows every follicle. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or as my dad would say, his hair has gone from black to transparent. Oh. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like the Lord's ability to see us and care for the little things that we don't even know he needs Mm -hmm. to take care of and that Mm -hmm. goes for like the people in our lives as well 
and like how it's best to reach out to them, how it's best to. I know yesterday at Mass Father was talking a little bit about um, humility and like the little ways we, the little deaths we experience, I feel like, like mm-hmm. the little ways we die to ourselves. And the Lord does that because he knows how he is going to make us holy. Yeah. Yeah, those um, passive mortifications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that goes, that just goes hand in hand with sharing the gospel sometimes. Like, because we talked about like, the fears we all face, mm-hmm. the fears of like, oh, maybe I can share this and get rejected. Like, that's a reality. But we can offer those up as well. Like, we can die, die to ourselves, like, for the Lord and for his, like, good news. Because if we believe it's good news, we should know that it's worth sharing with mm-hmm. the people we care about. <laughs> yeah, and especially that fear of rejection is a very real reality, real reality. That's a fun way of phrasing that um but it's it's very true because um no one likes being rejected um but it's just having that humility of understanding that what I am offering this person is bigger than myself and so if they're rejecting what I'm offering them they're offering something that is bigger than me they're rejecting something that is bigger than me Mm -hmm. um and yeah, not being afraid of that, um, understanding the weight of it, but also not being afraid of what what they're going to say. Because ultimately, um, the rejection is going to hurt you, but unfortunately, it's going to hurt God an infinite amount of times more. Mm-hmm. Um, it also reminds me of something that uh, Dr. Ed Tree said at Seek mm-hmm. about... Um, so he was talking about explaining Jesus and the power of the cross and he was saying that when you present it it needs to be presented in such a way where people are either that convicts people of having to make a choice of i'm either going to accept it or reject it mm-hmm. and none of this like wishy-washy you know oh that's nice so yeah. anyways yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah kind of going back to acts there was this um passage where paul is proclaiming to the athenians i think um, and he proclaims the whole gospel and the Athenians are like, we want to hear more from you. And that's all they give him. They don't give him any like, yeah. yes or no. They just kind of give him a like, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we're, um, that's our response to the gospel of just like, a, yeah, that's nice. And it's not really convicting us one way or another of like, yes, I want to live my life out completely and entirely for this or actually... Nah. Mm. Yeah, it's such a shame that even people like myself, like we try to share the gospel and we paint the image of Jesus that he's just a nice person. Hmm. And like Jesus is a nice person, but he's not just a nice person. Like it's a lot more than that. And it's like a deeper conviction. I know just even going on like in here, it says the next line literally is, do not think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth. I have come to bring not peace, but the sword. And then it goes mm-hmm. into like mother, setting mother against father and our daughter against mother and things like that. Like the Lord is very aware that there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'd even go so far to say that Jesus wasn't really a nice guy in the mm-hmm. sense, like he was, he was kind and yeah. he was yes. loving, but he wasn't afraid to call you no, out yeah. when you no. were, he was willing. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially 
we see it all the all throughout the Gospels with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that they are hypocrites, and he calls them out whenever they're being hypocritical. Um, yeah, he does. Like Jesus none can of be the sassy. yeah, none of that wishy washiness. He's just like <laughs> mean isn't the right word, but he's not afraid to put the hammer down when he needs to. And I think our our culture, especially here in the Midwest, we kind of struggle with that mm-hmm. because it's always like, okay, we're not gonna ruffle any feathers. Yeah, we're just gonna um, be really nice to everyone take forever to say goodbye. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, at a certain point though, it has to be like, no, this has eternal co- implications to it. Yeah. Um, if you don't accept what I am telling you, like, unfortunately, there's an eternity of not so great things coming. So like, I think we're kind of numb to that reality at, at a certain point of like, yeah, we're kind of numb to the idea of hell because we were more willing to be nice to people than to save their soul. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real one right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you, yeah, do you actually love the people in your life enough to say something that they need to hear? Because I think that's actually a mark of true love. Like, that if you see somebody who's struggling or hurting like themselves in some way you'd want to say something because you love them because you care for them and want to spend eternity yeah. with them yeah yeah exactly and it's like I, I know this like part like tied back in kind of to like what we were saying in one of those other things is like the fear of not knowing what to say too mm-hmm. in that situation like in but like look back in verses uh 20 it says for it will not be you be you who's speaking the spirit but your but the spirit of your father speaking through you it's like talking about don't worry about what you are to say because if you're speaking truth, like the spirit of the Father, like spirit of the Holy Spirit, and will be speaking to you through you to get out to tell people what they need to hear. Mm-hmm. It's not so don't be afraid to go out and actually preach the message and actually reach out to people because don't be afraid because you feel like you're oh I I don't know what I'm saying like it's one of the bigger huge fears with all of us and stuff like that is that we're like, okay, I'm not knowledgeable enough. I don't know what I'm saying to actually be able to go evangelize and bring people to Jesus or whatever it may be. I just, it's like the fear of, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not no Father Mike who knows <laughs> who could go out and talk and preach all these things like that in that way. Yeah, and what I, what I really like about that is um, I underlined it, at least in my translation of the Bible, I don't know about other translations, but at least in my translation it says, um, but the spirit of your father mm-hmm. speaking Ooh. through you. Like it's Jesus all throughout the gospels, obviously he refers to God as my father, but here he's saying your father of like, no, yeah, this is, you are involved in this ministry too. And I, there is that big fear of like, am I going to say the right things? And I know like, that's very true for me. Like I am very much the person who, plans out what he's going to say, especially if I have a very difficult conversation coming or like I I really want the conversation to go one way or the other where I'll just spend hours, like days leading up mm-hmm. to it, just thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to say. And like, um, yeah, this is how I'm going to re- respond if they say this. This is how I'm going to respond if they say this other thing. Um, and yeah, Jesus is saying, do not worry about how you're going to speak and that it's just so hard for a hyper planner like me, but that's... Um, <laughs> what he's saying because ultimately in verse 24 he says no disciples above his teacher no slave above his master i think so often in the way of 
evangelization. We are so focused about our part and like, um, I need to go out and convert all of these people. Mm -hmm. I need to Mm -hmm. convince all these people of the love of Christ. And at a certain point, that's true. But also, you are not above your teacher. You are still a disciple. And ultimately, Jesus is the one who's going to be doing the majority of the work. It's um, kind of that analogy of the three-year-old who wants to dunk a basketball. And so the dad picks up the three-year-old and... And the kid's like, I did it. And the dad's like, yes, you did it. Even though I picked you up and put (laughs) you right there. Um, That's ultimately what Jesus wants to do with it. He doesn't intend for us to um, do it all on our own. He says, no disciples above his teacher. He wants to be the teacher who shows us what we need to do and guide us as we're doing it. And ultimately his grace is what's going to prevail. Yeah. And I think what's, what's beautiful about that moment is... The father is still overjoyed for that kid. Mm-hmm. Like the kid didn't do half the work, <laughs> but he's excited. And so the father is like joyous as well. And he rejoices in any of our little efforts that we put forth. Like we really, all we have to do is try. Like that's all he's asking of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what father Mike was talking about yesterday at mass. Um, he talked a little bit about um, when you're offering things up for Lent even the smallest thing that you're offering to him, the father sees that Mm. and loves that. And like, um, yeah, he delights in even the smallest sacrifice that you're doing. Um, Even if it's um, like one thing that I added during Lent is I am waking up right at my alarm and I'm not trying my best not to just lie there in bed and think about everything that I have to do that day. It's (laughs) no, I'm going to get up and start my day. Um, And even though it's a small thing that, realistically, if I'm doing it right, should take 10 seconds of shutting my alarm off and getting up. Um, The father sees those 10 seconds of the 24-hour day, and he's like, yes, this is him saying yes to me for these 10 seconds. And, yeah, he loves that. Yeah. Yeah, any any little yes that we can (laughs) say to him and, like, little no we can say to ourselves, I think goes a long way. Yeah, what do you guys think that, going back to, like, for it will not be you who speaks, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. What do you guys think that looks like, practically speaking? I think a lot of it has to come out of, um, I know earlier I was just saying, like, not prepare and just kind yeah. of go right into it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it also comes out out of preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, because how are you supposed to allow the spirit to work through you if you don't know the spirit in the first place? Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember last year, the Diocese of Duluth's Men Conference, uh, we had uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers come in and yell at us for the whole day, and it was Whoa. great. Um, <laughs> if you ever hear that man, he just yells and yells and yells. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Um But yeah, he came and screamed at us multiple times and was telling us about how going to Mass is... He was saying that it's practice. So he talked about how he was a wrestler um, throughout high school and how going to Mass is kind of like going to practice before a big meet. Mm -hmm. Because going to Mass, we are going through all the reps of like, this is what it means to follow Christ. And this is... um, where we get all of our strength so that when we leave mass, um, the word mass actually, I think comes from a Greek word, Misa, which is dismissal. Um, 
So like the purpose of the mass is to be strengthened so that we can go out and um, spread the good news. And I think, um, yeah, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say verba- verbatim, mm. but we do need to be connected to the spirit at a certain point so mm. that we can actually, um, so that we can actually go out and do what the spirit is calling us to do. And we learn a lot of that through the mass um, by receiving the body and blood of Christ and hearing his word at actually like what he's asking us to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of not just like to be able to go out, we have to actually know the father himself, our, ourselves personally, not as we gotta be, it's gotta, we first, before we can go and spread uh, Jesus and share the uh, love of the father, we have to have a relationship ourselves with him. So we to be able to form, help and shape relationships and bring others towards Christ in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we see that in Acts of the Apostles again, <laughs> going back to Acts, because uh, right at the beginning, the disciples are huddled in the upper room praying yeah. for the coming of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Holy Spirit comes. And once they've received the Holy Spirit, that's when they go out and yep. change the whole world. But it started with that receiving of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you guys know the saying, like, uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's like, not that you should prepare everything you're going to say, but like the way to prepare is like, yeah, go to prayer. Like mm-hmm. if there's someone mm-hmm. in your life who you want desperately to share God with, like go pray for them and sure. like mm-hmm. go read the Bible and fill yourself with good things. That way, when that chance arises to like share something with them, you, you have that opportunity. Yeah. And, and it's also not only praying for the person because that's very important but also taking the time out of your day um to think about why am i doing what i'm doing why am i catholic why do i want to share god with this person because the strongest witness that you can give is how god is working in your life so that it's not just this is what happened two thousand years ago it's this is what's happening now this is what how what happened two thousand years ago is affecting me now and this is how it looks concretely in my life and um, how, I'm, how I've embraced it. And these are the graces that have come out of it. Um, because, yeah, you have to, in one sense, understand Jesus' story. But it's also very important to understand your own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it is someone who you know, who is like, mm-hmm. who knows your life, who sees how you act and how God is involved in what you do. Like, I think it can... Just like that witness of how you live as well can be very impactful for the people around you. I know even when I came to college and I came to Mass for the first time and I saw people my age filled with joy at Mass, <laughs> that was astounding to me. I needed to have it. I had to. I was exactly. like, how do they have this joy? I need to know how. I need to know why. Yeah. And it kind of brings back uh, what Father was talking last night. I remember he, he mentioned... Some, a story of someone he was, I don't remember, I don't remember who, but of course, but uh, he was saying something about uh, this girl he was talking to, how she she was super involved in, like, her faith, but she also, her roommates weren't. They they knew her as someone who would go to Mass every Sunday and stuff like that and was involved in her faith, but also they had also seen her in her failures of going partying or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and stuff like that, and so she felt that it was... Uh, she felt she didn't wasn't worthy enough to share with them because they knew her in her failures too in what she was turning like ways of turning away from the faith and it's like we can't have that fear 
that yes, the people, everyone, they might know your failures and stuff like that, but we should concentrate on our graces and the good things that we've gotten from the faith, and to help bring others and stuff like that uh, to the faith. Not not worry about what others think about us for the things we've done wrong. Yeah. And I think even your failures are a great mm-hmm. witness of your faith because it's exactly. saying like, <laughs> exactly. I've fallen and I am confident that the God that I'm following isn't going to smite me on the spot. Like he isn't going to, there isn't, I'm not going to sin and there's going to be a lightning bolt that hits me on the head. He's going to be there embracing me, wanting me to not mm. just um, expecting me to come back, but wanting me to long to yeah. come back, longing for me to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not that, because, like, being a cradle Catholic is great, and, like, yeah. everyone loves that story, but also everyone loves the story of, like, yeah, I was lost, and I was mm. in a dark place, and the Lord saved me. And it's, like, that's when you really see how much mercy, like, the Lord just, like, pours out exactly. on those who love him. Yeah. It's incredible hearing someone's, like, stories and, like, of course, now, like, what, we, what you said, how, like, coming to college and, like, seeing people your own age being on fire with their faith, coming to church and stuff like that. It's incredible hearing some of the stories of some people that we've met from college who have had those conversions in college. Yeah. Like, like, all, like, all three of us are cradle Catholics, but, <laughs> yeah, like, we have, so it's a little different for us, but, like, hearing some of our friends, like, coming into their faith at different times it's like wow like how just god spoke through someone else to bring help bring them to the faith and where they are now it's incredible to seeing that Mm -hmm. so good yeah even jumping forward a little bit looking at like matthew 10 38 and whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me whoever Mm -hmm. finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it and i think yeah we all fail we all fail. But at the end of the day, are you willing to try and embrace the cross? Are you willing to try and, um, yeah, lose your life for the sake of finding it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think, unfortunately, um, especially in our culture nowadays, we are so afraid of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to do anything that is too difficult. Um, we want to be challenged but we don't want to be challenged at a point where we know we're going to fail. Um, yes, so true. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that gets in the way of of a lot of what we try to do. Even what I mean, yes, evangelization, but really in anything in life. Um, and now going back to looking at it under the lens of evangelization, I think so often we're afraid of taking up our cross because we're afraid of failing at it. Um, yeah. But just remembering that Jesus had Simon to help carry his cross. We have Jesus to help us carry our cross. Mm. Um, And ultimately, at the end of the road, we aren't the ones being nailed to the cross. We get to skip straight to the resurrection. Um, But we have to carry our cross all the way there in order to um, get that reward. Yeah, Very true. Very true. Well, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate this. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the.mainscoop or like us on Facebook at the.mainscoop. In the words of St. Lawrence, I'm done on this side. And I'm done on this side. I'm Juan Aragon. And I'm Nate Specht. And this has been The The Main Main Scoop. Scoop. Thanks for listening. God bless. Hi, everyone. Really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just wanted to say a quick apology 
Turns out that Mother Teresa received a Nobel Peace Prize in 1979, not 1978. Uh, yeah, that was not fun finding that out. Anyways, thanks for listening and looking forward to releasing a new episode here in two weeks. God bless.